You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I hope you're having a great week, uh, weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're uh, subscribed. And if this is your first episode because you're a Maggie Lawson fan, which we all are, I hope you'll subscribe and listen every week because we've got a lot of great guests coming up and have had a lot of great guests. And we really get into it. We talk about life and anxiety and stress and work and just real stuff. We don't uh, we don't bullshit too much here. We, we we have fun, but we don't bullshit too much. And uh, I have a new segment. We have a new segment here on the show called "How You Doing." How you doing? It's a mental health segment. Just how you doing? It's just how you how you freaking doing? How how are you guys doing out there? Have you had a stressful week? Are you? Are you worried about something? Are you uh, not being good to yourself? What is it? Ryan, how are you doing? How am I doing? How you doing? Uh, we recorded a lot this week, so that was fun. But at the same time, I had to go home and and do my other work. Right. So it right. has been a little bit stressful. Right. That's say. true. But we do have weeks off where we don't do anything. really. Well, we had a intros. lot of weeks off. We I, did. I, I didn't do podcasts for a while because we had a lot. What they call it in the can in the can but you're saying you were you know it was stressful all of a sudden there's five you're here every day you're mm-hmm. you know, we're doing all these podcasts you got to get them up, uploaded mm-hmm. so it is stress and it's stress for me too because i hadn't done them in a while so i was like oh shit do i still have it it's like not <laughs> acting in a while and then you just go can i still act and uh i found out that i could still do it i could still do it we had some really great interviews and uh i i've been a little stressed i've been you know worried about things and um uh, but I, I try to, you know, and I, and I, and I think to myself, why are you feeling this way? Well, you haven't really exercised this week. Oh, go figure. You're drinking, you're eating like shit. Oh, what, what's, so there's reasons behind everything. And so for me, I'm just like trying to uh, get back on track, trying to eat better, trying to stay off the sodas, staying off the Carvel, uh, ice cream sandwich, flying saucers. <laughs> oh my God. What are you? 10? Got to stay off the well, pop of the ice tri- cream. That's a trick question, my friend. <laughs> um, but uh, how are you doing, guys? I hope you're doing well out there. I hope you're hanging in there. I know we're, uh, we're we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here with the pandemic, and I hope you guys are being responsible and good to yourselves and loving yourselves. So that's uh, that's how you're doing. So we just checked in with me and Ryan and, mm-hmm. and uh, checking in with you. We're also going to check in um, uh, eventually with the guests, even though this was pre-recorded. So uh, yeah. we can't do that. It's a new segment. Uh, if you want to uh, subscribe to the podcast, it's easy. You just go to the uh, on YouTube, Ryan. Uh, YouTube.com slash inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Baum. That's correct. And you can go um, on Apple. You can go on Spotify, Spotify Stitcher. Mm-hmm. What else? There's there's all sorts of things. Apple. Yeah. You can listen to the show. Watch it on YouTube. I think you'll enjoy it if you watch it on YouTube. And spread the word. We really encourage you to spread the word. The handles on Instagram are at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and at inside of you pod on the tweeter. You could also go to the merch store, the inside of you online store, and you can get uh, not only inside of you mugs, autograph mugs, hats, but you can get Smallville stuff. You can get a Smallville lunchbox. I think I have some Funko pop Lex Luthor's left some Lex Luthor pictures, just a bunch of stuff. It's a fun little site inside of you online store. And if you'd like anything from the band, my band sunspin, go to sunspin.com. And you could buy shirts, hats. You can get Zooms with me and Rob. Um, you could book the band. You could do all that stuff. But we got a lot of great merch. And uh, you could do that. Uh, this this guest, Maggie, is such a sweetheart. And um, I talked to her co-stars 
um, from Psych, and they adored her. So I always wanted to get her on the podcast. And um, she's not like me, where she just is an open book. She likes to kind of keep things close to the vest. And mm -hmm. so I get it. I, I understand it. But she did open up. She talked about her divorce. She talked about life. She talked about Psych. She talked about a lot of things. And it was really interesting. And she's a very likable person, wouldn't you say? I would agree. I mean, I thought this girl's marriage material. That's what I was thinking. Sometimes I, my guests, I'm like, wow, this girl's awesome. This woman is awesome. Not this girl. This woman <laughs> is awesome. She is. She's really, she's really, really great. What did you find most interesting about her? I mean, she's just super nice. And it was nice for her to open up about a lot of stuff. Yeah. I uh, like when people open up. You know how I like that. Uh, yeah. Let's just get right into it. Let's get, oh, by the way, before we get into it, make sure you join Patreon. Patreon.com slash inside of you. I'll write you a message. It's a great big family if you want to help the podcast in other ways if you're really digging it and you want to get to the podcast fine if you just uh don't that's fine too but patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash inside of you and let's get inside of maggie lawson it's my point of view you're listening to inside of you with michael rosenbaum Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Okay, first of all, Hi. Maggie Lawson, Margaret. Margaret, that is my Marge. Is my, Marge. Margaret Cassidy Lawson. Did you say Marge? You, have you ever heard Marge? Yeah, but I've never been called that. <laughs> Do you remember in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he says, Tell him the large Marge sent you? You never got that shit in high school? Never got that shit in high school. Thank God, that would be terrible. Yeah. No, no. I always said if like I became a, a like a doctor, a lawyer, or something, I might go by like Doctor Margaret. But um, Doctor yeah, no. Margaret Lawson. You know, I want to congratulate you. I've I've never done a pre-interview before, and uh, <laughs> you you're the first. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to do a pre-interview. Yeah, sometimes you got to just. Look, I get. Um, thank you, by the way, for doing that. Uh, just because I get, uh, I, I have, I, I get a lot of anxiety talking about myself. You can probably already sense it. So, well, that's probably good in a, in a way because you're not so self-involved maybe. Is that true? I don't know. I think I'm just painfully private. Really? Uh, Until yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm very social and I like being out. I like, you know, I like being with people and I like sharing, but I'm also, um, very, 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 very private. Were your folks yeah. private? You know, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think in our family, actually, no, when I think about it, there was a lot of like, very open talking, very open feeling talking. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I, I'm not really sure where it comes from. It's really interesting. Like I have, it's something that has sort of developed later. Um, because when I was younger, I was, I was such a like, I was doing musical theater, I was singing, I was dancing, I was acting, I was like, you know, I was pretty, pretty out there. But I, as I got older, I don't know, I've, I've been working on this. It's like, um, it's like, I'm really comfortable when I have lines and a character to play, mm. but I get really uncomfortable if I'm just not uncomfortable. It's probably not the right word, but just, I just get really anxious when I just have to. That's normal. I think a lot of people get like that. You said something a minute ago, you said there was a lot of open feelings in your family. What does that mean? Open feelings. It was like, I love you, Margaret. I love you too, mom. What was no, that? No, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say, like there, there really wasn't a, like a moment or a thing 
You know, I remember when I say open feelings, I just feel like all topics were sort of up for up for discussion. Like it, there was nothing off limits. So my my mom was always so so great about that. Like she was such a I could literally come home from school and ask her a question about anything. Sex? I, I could literally walk in the door and be like, hey, I heard this word orgasm today. Mm. What is that? And she would do her best to sort of scientifically explain what that is in a way that I at nine years old or eight years old or whatever could understand. How would she do it? How would she put that? I remember in health class, we had health class in seventh grade and you had to take it. And I didn't know what was going on. In fact, I didn't get laid till many, many moons later. And I remember <laughs> that my mom asked me something. Now, my, my parents had a different way of raising their children. They would humiliate them. Oh. My, my, my dad, mom was like, what did you learn in health? It's like, I, I know what's going on. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, sex. And she's like, what about it? I'm like, a man and a woman, they have sex, and the guy has an organism. <laughs> and she goes, and she started laughing at me, and I ran upstairs. And she, I, I then I yeah. heard her friend telling her friends, organism. He said, organism. Isn't that the cutest? Oh, that's so But it was, it, it was very private. It was very private in my family. Like, I never saw my dad. I saw... I never saw my mom naked or my dad. I saw my mom's boobs once by accident, but I never, you know, everything was private. It was really weird. One time I saw my dad's balls and it was like, it ruined me. And, uh, he got, yeah, well, he got upset. He was like, I was, you know, I remember we're sitting there watching TV and I just turned and he was wearing these little blue shorts cause he went swimming and and I go, I go, and I just go, yeah, I go, dad, I think your balls hanging out of your pants. He goes, what the? You're a pig. Get out of here. Get out of the room. Go upstairs to your room. Like, what? I'm in trouble because your balls are hanging out of your shorts. But that's what I remember. So my family was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your family, you could talk about orgasms. You could talk about anything with your with your mother, not so much your father. Well, yeah, I think my mom sort of took the lead on on most of that stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. She was like, it's interesting. We weren't like a super affectionate um family like it wasn't in a way of like physical touch or a lot of I love you's or any of that but there was this like openness about what what like what could be put on the table and and up for discussion which I I I have friends now who have kids and they'll call and they'll be like oh my god like he's asking me about sex or he's asking me I'm like just be I don't know if this is the right way but I know I greatly appreciated it it's like just be direct and as honest as you can be my mom, That's I don't know, great. she probably said, you know, it's a really excited feeling and something happens. And, <laughs> but it was never like talking down to or being condescending. It was always like just on the level, you can handle it, trusting me with the information. <laughs> And so, so it created like a, that's what I think I mean in like this sort of sense of openness. Like my mom was so, so good about like not being shocked at a question or something like great in a crisis. Wow. Now did yeah. she, was she like very protective in high school, like teaching you about sex and saying, Hey, I don't want you having sex. Or was she like, it, it wasn't a religious family. They were more like open. Like they knew you were going to have sex. Use a condom, sweetheart. No, it wasn't necessarily like that. I have two brothers and it was, it was a bit, um, I think she because I, and by the time I was in high school, my, my parents were divorced and I think she really tried to protect me even more so than my brothers. Like they could get away with a lot more. And yes, I think more of the, 
I won't say it was disguised. It was more like expected, like whether it was getting in trouble or like I was such a responsible mom like figure in high school. Really? Uh, yeah. Like I was always the the designated driver or yeah. And I was, I was so for me, what I wanted to, like, I'd already started acting. I already kind of knew what I wanted to do. So for me, the idea of, of like possibly having something come up such as, you know, my mom was just great at putting all the risks on the table around sex. So it scared the shit out of me to the point where it's like, I cannot mess this train. I can't mess up this, this, this train I'm on right now. So, and that was all sort of like career driven, driven, even in high school. So she knew exactly what to say to scare the living shit out of me into never doing that. She mentioned the herb. So I did. So, so it wasn't really anything that was like, a possibility. I, I know she would have been great if I, if something had happened or if I, you know, all that, but like, no, I, I think it was just sort of, that's, that's off limits. If, if I want to go do this, uh, that can't, that risk can't be at play. So you were a good girl. You were the one that the designated driver. You were the, were you a cheerleader in high school? You're popular. No, I mean, I, I was not a cheerleader. No. I was, uh, I was already doing plays and sort of, uh, you know, it's really interesting. I, I started, I came out to LA my sophomore year of high school. What? The, yeah. So I, it's so wild. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. As a sophomore in high school, I mean, I didn't even start puberty till late, like probably 14 or 15 years old. I yeah. could, I'm, I'm so immature as, as a 48 year old dude that if I go back to that, I, I, it was a timing thing. I, I think everything kind of fit. Like I, I didn't, st- I didn't become really successful till, you know, I was in my mid twenties, which was even early for, for me, I was very immature. So I can't imagine being a sophomore in high school coming out from Louisville, Kentucky and yeah. starting an acting career. Did you, did you, so your parents both approved of your acting and your mom t- took you out. Yeah. It's such a wild story. Um, Tell me the wildest story. <laughs> um, the wildest story. Well, you know, it went back years actually. So when I was like, I think I was 12. Do you remember showcases? Do you remember oh. the showcases that used to happen? Yep. Yeah. There was one that happened in Louisville and I went and I met these showcases were these weird things. I think you paid to go to, um, and there would be like agents from Hollywood, maybe casting directors, producers or whatever. So you got this opportunity to go to this seminar and learn about LA and Hollywood and maybe read a scene and they'd give you feedback on whether or not you like have it. (laughs) So I'm 12. I don't know any better. I've been doing plays for a few years. Um, and I did this, uh, I hosted a little uh, show, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. That that's another thing. But I hosted this little show on a Fox station and, Kentucky and everybody was like, oh, you should, you should go to this seminar and, and, and see what they say, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, if there's a, a chance to become a star. So I go to the seminar, I read the scenes, I'm 12 years old. I, I'm like, okay, this is fine. And I get like a lot of feedback uh, from these people. This guy gives me his card. I'll get to him in a second. Um, I don't think anything of it. My mom and I, we like, we have this discussion. And now keep in mind, we don't, have 
like money. This is not a situation where it was like, sure, we can go to New York and see about a career that was actually the first place we went, but, um, or LA, this was like, uh, it felt impossible, but it, these things kind of popped up that made us talk about it. So I, I get this card. I have this real discussion with my mom and dad and it's like, no, man, I'm a kid and I want to be a kid and I don't want to do that. And I like my life here in Kentucky and I like my, my plays and what I'm doing. And, and so we just dropped it. And a couple of years later, I'm doing a play and the director of the play was this guy, John Huffman, uh, who had done a lot of work in LA. Like I knew he went back and forth and he had a lot of like connections, great, great director and was a great friend. And I tell him this story about this showcase I went to a few years uh, prior. And I tell him about this guy who gave me his card. And I'm like, he's like, do you know, I said it was an agent. And he's like, do you know uh, who the agent was? And I said, uh, yeah, I think. And my, I get the card. I'll never forget. My mom kept the card for years <laughs> in her metallic gold cigarette holder. <laughs> and it was like, it had this like clear little thing on it. And it always, I don't know why she just kept it for uh, safekeeping. I don't know why we even kept this card. Well, probably because at, at that point it was, it was a, a moment where my daughter's talented and this agent gave her, the, her his card and. It was a moment. She didn't know that you'd be as successful as you were. So maybe she kept it around. It was one of the first mementos or whatever. So John says, John looks at the card and he's like, do you know who this is? I'm like, no. And he's like, this is like one of the biggest agents, this guy, Jeff Witches, who still, I believe, is an agent at William Morris. And he loses his mind. I have no idea what any of this means. And he's like, you should call him. He's like, you should call him. If an, if an agent from, from William Morris gives you his card, you should call him. Um, and so I, I, I make this phone call one day at now I think I'm 14, 15. Oh boy. And this woman at William Morris picks up and, and, you know, I say, can I please have Jeff Witch's office? And somehow I get through to him. And I tell him the story. I'm like, hi, my name's Maggie Lawson. You gave me your card three years ago at a showcase in Louisville, Kentucky, and said if I ever came to L.A. to call you, you'd take a meeting with me. And he was like, okay, well, if I said I'd take a meeting, I'll take a meeting. When are you coming? And I, that sort of put the wheels in motion for... I, j- I didn't realize that was just a meeting. I didn't know what any of it meant. I just knew I had a lot of people around me telling me this was a really big deal. And so I was like, oh, I guess we should take this seriously. Um, so we start making the plans to, to come out here. Um, and uh, while we were doing it, um, this is just a side part of the story that's very, very funny. My little brother reads this article about um, they're doing a clueless TV series. And they were looking for Elisa Silverstone lookalikes. Well, and, you, you, there's and a re- my brother's like, Maggie, you got to go. Like, you're going to get this. You got to go. <laughs> so I now, I'm now, we now have in our heads that I, I have to get to LA or at least get myself somehow auditioning for this series because we just didn't know any better. Um, and I have this meeting if I want it with this guy at William Morris. Um, and, and I took, it was, I believe, my sophomore year spring break, um, every single penny we had. And my mom and I came out, and I met 
him and I met um, a guy in an elevator. I'll never forget it. And I'm, I'm now I'm forgetting his name, but he said he was a manager. I was with my mom, probably, probably creepy, but uh, he put me in touch with this woman, Ro Diamond, who is an agent here. And I call Ro Diamond off this guy's, this guy had already called her and said, this girl's going to call you. I think you should meet her. It was so bizarre, Michael, how these, all these things sort of happen. Wow. I meet Ro and she's like, I can't, well, first I have my meeting with Jeff Witches, who is so sweet, but he's also just like, you're so green. I'm not going to take you on. Come back to me in a few years. Did you mention uh, the Clueless series to him? Of course I did. (laughs) Which by the way, was already cast. (laughs) So that wasn't even a possibility anymore. Um, yeah, I'm coming into these rooms like, hi, hi, I hear they're, they're holding auditions. Where can I get my audition for, for this clueless TV series? Anyway, I meet with Ro, who's a smaller agency. She sends me to read for a friend of hers, Fran Bascom, who is the casting director of days of our lives, who has since passed. This woman calls Ro and says, you know, the scenes went, went well, whatever. And Ro's like, I'll represent you if you want to come out. And Ro was my agent for 10 years. Um, She actually got me a holding deal at Warner Brothers when they gave those out. Yeah. Yeah. They used to hand them out, give you some money and put you on hold. We'll find you a project. I mean, I don't know if we can. They never find you anything. Which, by the way, just to give you a clue of where my family was, that was double what my parents made in a year. 30 grand. So we were literally losing our minds. Like, what is happening? Anyway, so with the holding deal, they put me in a show, in a pilot. And meanwhile, I'm going back and forth between Louisville and and, uh, and, and LA and trying to do schoolwork or whatever. Anyway, and I I do this pilot that they told me was sold for 13 on the air. So my family makes this huge decision to to come to Los Angeles only to have us uh, learn when we got here, they decided to not go forward with the show. So now we're in LA. <laughs> you moved out to LA to do a show that got canceled before you started filming it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there were other things at play. Like luckily during that time I got to do during the back and forth time, I would, so while I was in LA, I would read for other things and I got to do like a guest spot on something here or there. I ended up doing this movie Pleasantville um, which was like such an insane experience wow. uh, for like three months. That was a big months. movie. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was wild. Like I, I had no, I, I had, it was such, it's so wild. I think back on the story now. Anyway, yeah, we literally packed up a, um, we packed up a Woody station wagon that was not even ours. It was my grandparents. We didn't own a car. Uh, and my brother and my mom and I drove to LA. Anyway, that's how we got here. Inside of you is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? 
Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's neutrafall.com promo code inside this show is sponsored by better help i don't know how many times i have to talk about this but it's so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time um better help has helped me substantially ryan here have been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by neurohacker qualia synaletic i just sent some of this to my mother and she's starting to notice the differences hmm. in herself and, she, and because i noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly and and you know and and i i was like well this stuff works for me 
And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Were you a star now in Louisville to the people in your high school, to people around you? Like, she's in LA. She's got a show. She's, did you embellish it? Come on. No, I don't think so. There was this part of me that was almost like a little shy about it. Like I wanted to just go home. Like I would go back and forth. I mean, through my senior year, I got to graduate with my, my senior class in Louisville by doing correspondence. And so when I went home, I wanted to just be like, I, I almost didn't, didn't want to talk about that all the time, even though it was the topic. It was like, no, I just want to go to the game or, you know, see my, see my boyfriend or, you know, whatever. So it, it was weird. I was really, really shy about it at first. So the show doesn't get picked up and you decide, which is, is crazy. You decide to stay. We did. Yeah. Yeah. My was, brother was already in my brother. My younger brother was in high school and he found a school out here and, and wait, your uh, whole family moved from Louisville for you to Los Angeles. Pretty much. What? What? How much? I mean, to I me, mean, that, it, was, it that, was a family decision. That's oh, a lot sorry. of pressure, though. That's a lot of pressure. If you don't succeed, dad doesn't have the $30,000 job, $15,000 no, job. There was no safety net. There was no safety oh, net. Oh, my God. They went all out for you. That is love, sweetie. It was a lot. Love. It was a lot. It was a lot on us. It was a lot of uh, really. I remember the conversations being like, so wow. yeah, it was a lot of love. Um, but, and, and also I think in a way, I think all, all of us were looking toward a better life. 
um, just, and I don't even want to say that it was so bad in Louisville. It was just that there was this opportunity. There was an excitement. Yeah. And we had struggled a lot and we'd been through a lot at that point um, as just as a family and my mom working, you know, three jobs just to keep us in our house. And, you know, we were on and off food stamps for a bit. Like it was, it was just, it was a time. And so there was this, you know, um, yeah. Well, what did your dad do? My parents were divorced at that point and he stayed in Louisville. He stayed so he in, Louisville. Was in Louisville. Yeah. Oh man. Was yeah. That- so that was the other thing that, you know, we were all, it, it was, it was, it is just so wild to think about all of that now and how many people helped us along the way and how many, like I think about Roe now, I think about this holding deal from Warner brothers. Now I think about, just everything that aligned for all of us to be here. It was, it was, um, it's really nuts. Kind of a miracle. It is. Kind I mean, of a the, the, the chances of survival in this <laughs> sound like we're going to the Arctic, the chances of survival here in Hollywood. Are, <laughs> it, it is like going into the Arctic. Also, my mom was like a single mom. She was like, you know, I think I'm 40. I turned 40. You look, <laughs> by the way, not hitting on you. I'm just saying you look fantastic. I would have thought, 32 oh michael no you look great is that now is that really good lighting because you you do look great oh god thank you so much i feel i feel great i feel great that's good but was a divorce hard for you as a kid yeah divorce is divorce is awful yeah i I don't divorce is awful yeah i went Um, through it too i went through a divorce uh in fact i've been through uh, my let's see my sister has been divorced four times my dad's divorced twice my mom's divorced Anyway, I, you know, I, I, I get that, but how old were you when they, when they split up? 12. Well, that's gotta be incredibly hard. Yeah, it was, it was, I, uh, I, it's really, really hard. Divorce is just really hard. Um, I went through one myself, um, a few years ago and I, I, I think as a kid, um, there was a sort of pressure that maybe you, you want to be, I know for me, I kind of wanted to be everything to both of them. I wanted to help them. That was my feeling was like, Oh, I want to help, you know, you heal and I want to help you heal. And I want to like, everybody's hurting and this, yeah, it's just a, it's just a really complicated, hard thing to go through. And, and, but also I think sometimes for the best, as hard as it is, it's, it's not necessarily the unhappy ending. Um, always. Yeah. Do you see signs as a 12 year old? Cause I saw signs when I was a kid and I was like, these people should not be together. I knew yeah. that my parents shouldn't be together. So it didn't shock me, which shocked me is that they were together as long as they were. So was exactly. it, was your yeah. shocking or was it dysfunctional? Not shocking at all. I remember, I think I remember sort of thinking like, I was surprised it, it, it hadn't happened yet, but I think there was, um, like, I remember they separated once when I was about eight and I was so devastated that I, I don't have a ton of memory from it. I just remember like my brain exploded and I remember just being so overwhelmed at that thought. And I actually think my reaction is one of the reasons that they were like, okay, 
we need to, uh, we need to maybe, we need to smooth this over for now. You were so devastated that your parents probably got back together. That was probably the reason. <laughs> I was probably the reason that they were unhappy for four more years. My God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough, but they both supported your endeavors. They both supported you going out to Los Angeles and yeah. Um, yeah. I think for the most part, um, um, they were both always, I mean, I, I always felt that support. I mean, I did plays from the time I was eight years old and, um, that was always the one thing. And I'm so grateful. I look back on it now. I just think about, it's so wild when I think about, my mom being my age and having like teenage kids and making a decision to go to Hollywood with them. I, it's so wild, but um, yeah, there was this feeling that even in everything my family went through and the struggles that we had, that we, we could still do anything like dream big. Um, and, nice. and, and so I, I, for that, I'm just, incredibly grateful like nothing was off limits that's it's sort of that same thing yeah do they yeah. talk still were they friends did they do they talk no nothing yeah mine don't either in fact yeah. i always have this fear at my wedding I, i'd have to have two different weddings because it'd be so uncomfortable to have them both in the same room and yeah. i really have I, i've my, my therapist is like why are you talking you're not even in, a, in you're not even a committed relationship let alone <laughs> married and you're fucking worried about your wedding and your parents being there. What this is anxiety out the ass. I was just about to say, Michael. That's I know. A, oh. that's, well, that's not level anxiety. I have it too, though. I think about things like that all the time. And it's like, oh my God, wait, this isn't even a real scenario. I don't, yeah. Do people think, because I think you know, when I get married, it's gonna be forever, and I'm not gonna meet someone that I'm not gonna be in love with. And and then I'm did you, is is this how you felt? Obviously, you got divorced, but like most people do get divorced. A lot of people, it's not like the 40s where everybody stays together because society says you should. Did you feel like this is forever? This is the, is that how you feel when you get married? Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how things just turn turn can turn around so quickly, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's it and is. and how do you and what how do you do that? What do you what is it? Certain things you just see. As you go and you go, wow, I was wrong. This isn't, wasn't as right. Maybe I had blinders on, whatever it is. What is it? I don't, I, I, I kind of wish I knew. Um, I guess maybe there are, in hindsight, always, I think we can connect some dots that maybe we didn't want to. And I'm not just speaking about in in marriage. I, I like I, I would enter any relationship hoping that it's forever, right? Yeah, like sure. I, so it's not even just in the marriage. It's sort of, and I think that is probably just a part of we. You know, we we our our situation happened very fast. Um, but I think in in the getting to know process that you know we all have. I don't know. I think we discover you peel back layers and, and we show our, you know, True all colors. of our sides, I guess. And I don't know. I think you just have to hope that wherever that person is on their journey and the tools they have in their toolbox, um, you know, that you can sync up with where you are in your journey and the tools you have in your toolbox. Yeah. Cause it's not necessarily anybody's, I, I don't know. It's sort of, uh, 
I don't know if that totally makes sense, but like we are just sort of where are where we are and we just keep growing. And I think in the growth, maybe that's where it can get a little tricky. Uh, this is very educational for me because, you know, I always think about, Oh, will I ever get married. And then, you know, I, then I, I see, I jump ahead. I'm like, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta, if, if someone isn't, you know, if I marry someone who doesn't have anything, which is fine. I usually dig, I've dated a lot of women who do, either don't have it together or have it together. It's, it's mm-hmm. not a, one of us has it together. I never have it together, but financially you might say, you know, how do you ask for a prenup? And then I think, here's how I would do it. <laughs> I would say to the person, I think we should sign a prenup. What what do you mean? Oh, so you're no, this is because it's not that I'm worried about me falling out of love with you, but what if you fall out of love with me? (laughs) And that's more likely to happen. That's funny. I mean, (laughs) but I look, I also think at this point, I mean, we're not babies. We're not like, you know, so I, I, and we've both wait. So you've been divorced. No, well. no, I haven't. I haven't been married oh, or anything. Been, oh, so no. you were, t- you do have a lot of anxiety. I do. My foot's shaking yeah. as I talk about so, this. I just think, you know, there are realistic and honest conversations um, that sometimes are not so romantic, but yeah, that, that needs to be had. And I, and I see what I, I understand what you're saying. It's sort of like not putting some, some weird stamp on the, way you think things are going to go but it's kind of like i don't know wanting to wanting to i don't know wanting to protect yourself remove i guess it would be removing some anxiety it's sort of like we do these things right we all to protect ourselves to do that protect to make us feel safe yeah and it really has not a lot to do i mean sometimes it does maybe with the other person but i feel like sometimes it doesn't it mostly doesn't actually have to do with the other person, anything they've done or whatever. It's sort of our, our, well, think about this. I've worked my whole life for what I have now for whatever that is. I don't think it's, it's really asking that much for someone to say, Hey, if this doesn't work out, which a lot of marriages don't work out. So if it doesn't, I don't want to lose everything that I've worked so hard for my whole life because You've decided to go cheat or you've decided to go, uh, you fell out of love with me or my farts are just enough for you. Mm. <laughs> it's so awful. It's so heartbreaking, but it's, but I understand what you're saying and it's true. I don't know how you grew up, but like, mm. I'm, I'm with you. I didn't grow up with a safety net. I didn't grow up with some, there's some trust fund or nope. some other thing back there yep. that I can lean on or, or whatever that, you know, it's just me and what I provide for myself. Mm-hmm. And the threat of losing that is, is, is that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's everything in a lot of ways. Like it's sort of my, I'm not saying on a material level, but just on this sort of emotional, you know, you've worked your whole life yeah. and you've built a certain life for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I understand that, that feeling. Was your mom the first person you went to when you were like, it's over? Oh, oh I think so. No, actually, I don't think so. I think I went to, um, my friends, uh, I have like these like friends were like, were, were like sisters. Uh, my friend Brooke and Rebecca, I think I told first. And I remember I saw, uh, oh no, I take that back. The first person I told was my brother, was my little brother. And how did he respond? Um, also a, a great person in a crisis. Uh, very, very 
very calm and and protective. It's funny. He's my younger brother, but I think he's always had a bit more of the like older brother protective thing. We're 13 months apart. We were raised basically like twins. So um, yeah, he was my first phone call. I remember. You know, marriage feels like it's something that no matter whose fault it was or whatever, it's it, you probably feel like a bit of a failure, right? Totally. And it's like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you bounce back? I mean, you're resilient. I, think, I don't know. I think everybody's, again, on have their own experiences and their own journey. I think for me, it made me look at myself like hard and be like, I had to, I've, I've had a lot of, I've been very, um, what should I say? Like tiptoe or timid I I feel like I have been very careful and and maybe a bit more like take your time check in with you make sure you're not missing anything like in entering into other relationships or whatever since it just made me really look at myself um you know it's interesting I was in a relationship pretty much from the time I was about 22 until the time I was 36 it was like I had this one relationship in my early 20s. I had a long relationship with Roday, who you know. Yep. And then I went into this relationship that I got married. Um, so the last, you know, five years, four years um, have have actually been the first, like, time that I think I've really been just with me. Wow. But how great yeah. is that? That's a blessing that it, in, in a way that it happened. You're, you're young. You're still very young. I mean, you have at least 60 years left. You'll live to a hundred. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is, yeah. but like, I, honestly, aren't you, don't you feel like in a way you're like, Hey, I'm glad this happened now. So I could find my forever, you know, or, or maybe yeah. if there is a forever, but you, you took yeah. the time, all that pain and all that hurt and all those things of the in introspectiveness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that the right word? I like um, the word. I like it. Um, introspectiveness. That's right. word. I think it's a word. Um, but that probably was unbelievably healthy. It wasn't in the, in the moment it happened and all this shit was going on, but after you got through it, you probably thought, oh my God, this was really fucking great for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think I ever really stopped. I've, I worked or, and, and between working and between being in, uh, relationships, uh, for, my whole life, uh, it, it was a time to focus on me, which I think in a way was what I was being called to do anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, I hope in, in, for every party involved, it's, it's good. And that, that there is some sort of, you know, this was, uh, a learning I experience. This, I see why this had to happen or right. I, you know, what, whatever I wish all of, all of it well and everything, but I, but I, I have been really grateful to have this time over the last few years. And honestly, in this pandemic uh, to, which is probably very weird to say, cause it's been such a hor horrible time um, to, to sort of uh, pause yeah. and maybe look at stuff that I enlightening. Didn't enlightening it's tough to be alone it's tough to be i mean you're someone who's been in relationships most of your life and 
you know, I've been single a long, a long time. I mean, I've been in relationships, but the pandemic, as much as, you know, it's been terrible for so many, so many people and so really bad, obviously, I, I say that earnestly, but, you know, for me, it's really been a time like, oh, Tom and Deneen can't come over and hang out with me. Oh, mm-hmm. Rob, you know, so it's just, it's a, it's a tough time, but like being alone has helped me uh, deal with my anxiety deal with a lot of these things that have been weighing on me for a long time. And um, so it's, it's been good in a bad, a bad in a good way and good in a bad way. But I have had the exact same experience. I mean, yeah. having to really maybe deal with some things that I have just been, I've been working and I don't need to deal with that. And I don't need to deal with that. And it's just, you kind of, I feel like I went into like a forced, like, Oh yeah. Okay. We got to look at some stuff now and deal with it. You- cleaned out a storage unit I had for 15 <laughs> for, for, for years and years and years and years. Um, Why did you keep a storage facility? You're probably paying 200 bucks a month for that thing. Really? Wait. That's a lot. You're spending a lot of money on storage. Why? I mean, in most of that shit, you probably forgot about. Am I right? Yeah. I think most of that shit I didn't just didn't want to deal with or look at. It was like 15 years of life. I mean, the storage unit was like the size of a small apartment in New York. It was crazy. Oh my God. And I have, I've, I've been living in a building, uh, for the last, you know, for the last few years or had been, <laughs> um, and that when, when lockdown happened, it, it, it felt crazy. It's a really fun building, but it was just not <laughs> safe and I'm completely paranoid. And I, I was like, all right, so I Airbnb for a bit. I've moved like four times during this last year, but, um, this isn't my house it's someone else's house I'm renting, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I was like, why do I still have this thing? And I hired this like really safe company to kind of help me go through it. But it was, it was kind of, uh, that was like a, um, a symbolic. I feel like I was like, okay, I just, I've, I've had a lot of shit in here. I've had a lot of shit. Away not. with the old, away with the old on away with the with new, the you know, yeah. new beginnings. Inside of you is brought to you by neurohacker Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months... I wouldn't have believed it, but uh, I tried Qualiacinolytic, and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. 
I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15 and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro. And Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Like you seem like, you know, you tell me a lot of these things, but you seem really together. Like I see that mom like figure back in high school where you're driving your friends around and you're doing this, you've all, and maybe that's sort of like, you know, what I gather, I'm not a therapist and boy, I need one more than ever, but <laughs> I have one. He's great. She's great. I have two. Um, <laughs> but do you think maybe your whole life that you've almost been that maternal figure in a lot of ways to so many different people and been the strength that no one's really been the strength for you. And you've never really collapsed into someone's arms and really been vulnerable in a, in a way that, mm. you know, cause I, I feel like in a lot of ways I'm always helping everybody else. And then it's me who's kind of like drained. It's me. Who's kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, hurting at times. And I'm like, fuck man, everybody thinks I'm just happy as a clam all the time. And I'm the light of the party. And, whatever and do you get yeah. like that do you feel like that yeah i mean you talk about like smiling happy like life of the party i think uh i think that that is something i know for me over time that i feel has become like there's this expectation 
that I show up that way, which at this point in my life, I'm sure as I was younger or whatever, I just got a lot of positive feedback for being happy and smiley and nice to everybody and, you know, pleasy or whatever. But, um, you know, now I'm really, really working. I'm trying to like, to to drop that. Cause I think what I'm realizing as I get older, yes, that feeling of sort of wanting to be strong and be there for, for other people. Um, so I keep it together. I still have that, like, maybe there this responsibility feeling almost of like, I can be the safety net that we didn't have. I can be the, but we're all adults. It's it, that's a lot of that is, is like leftover and yeah. I can drop it. It's just sort of me getting used to not thinking that way. Um, but it's really hard for me because I feel an expectation or maybe I've made it up in my head that I, I come off a certain way. I, I, I need to be a certain way to maybe be, uh, accepted or whatever. That's just the way I'm expected to show up that it almost sometimes is like, unless I can show up that way, I'm not going instead of just showing up where I am. Um, so that's my shit that I have to, that I have to drop because nobody's asking that of me. Right. Uh, and the people of my life, it, you know, now, but I think it's part of the reason, like I have a ton of social media anxiety. I have a lot. It's just like, even I talked about sharing, sharing my life or talking it's, and I think a lot of it kind of comes from that. Um, yeah. I asked James Roday, I text Dulé and Roday, but that rhymed Dulé and Roday, Dulé and Roday. So I just said, Hey, anything I should say to Maggie, I'm interviewing her. She goes, no, just have fun. She probably won't get too deep or personal, not really her jam, but she's awesome. Yeah. So that's what you just said. So he knows you. And then yeah. Dulé says, just seeing this, tell her I love her, I miss her, and I can't wait for us to all suck it again. Wow. So there was that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, miss, I, miss that. <laughs> I think he was talking about the acting thing. Let's just suck it again. Let's rock this shit. We say uh, that it's a thing on site. Oh, it say, is? Suck it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should know that. Suck it again. But uh, yeah, Roday knows me really well. Sorry, was that me looking like I, I'm tough or something? No, do it again. Say the suck it no, line. It was, I'm not doing suck it again. It. Suck it. No, that was just a, a <laughs> that was an off the cuff one time thing that I cannot. I love repeat. that. It's so cute though. I got it. Oh, yeah, no. But your anxiety. I love that Rode said that. Wait, did you reach out to Tim? Tim would have. Omenson, I should have done that. Tim is a magnificent guy. And uh, oh. boy, did you listen to the podcast with us? It was really, if you guys haven't listened to Timothy Omenson, uh, just an amazing man, amazing story, amazing actor. You should go back and listen to that. He talks about how he had a stroke and talk about how he's a very brave man, but also just really let go and was so pure and honest and it was beautiful. It really was. Yeah, so. that was really good. Do you, you were so great with him. Oh, uh, well, you know what? He was, it's, it's easy when people like yourself, it's just, it's, you're easy to talk to. It's, we learn a lot from this. I, I, I'm very interested in this. Like you're I, very good at it. Well, th- I mean, thank you. I, I, I love doing it. So, uh, I appreciate that. So thank, thank you, Maggie. Um, what do you do? Do you deal with anxiety? What, how do you deal with anxiety and what kind of anxiety do you get? What gives you anxiety? Oh, everything. Uh, this podcast, this podcast gave you anxiety. Totally. I turn down podcast just so you know, I don't do them. I've had people reach out. Like I, 
it is a big deal. And so I, 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 I get very nervous about it. So I, I sometimes am, but I wanted to do this and you, you know, I've known you for, I haven't seen you in a long, 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 long time, but I've known you for so long and, and I've listened to your podcast and I, you know, this was to be honest with you, a little bit of a, like, do just do it, Maggie, step into it, Maggie. You can, you can do this. I'm I so know, glad you just did. so you know, it is really hard for me to, to talk about myself or to sort of reveal these things. But, um, yeah, I, um, how do I deal with anxiety? You know, I think this pandemic has really helped me. I paint, I'm actually in my, uh, I, I paint. Um, so, so, but you mean like, just like, I don't take anything. Um, I haven't done, I haven't gone. Good for you. Painting gets you, it's an escape for you. I mean, a complete and total escape. I have, uh, years ago, a friend of mine came to stay with me for like a few days and as her like parting gift, when she left, she left me this set of like acrylic paints and some brushes and a canvas. And I haven't stopped. Like, I just love painting, but I don't share it. It's just for me. It's something oh, I kind of do man. for love. I'm getting a little better at it now, but. Um, See, that's great that you do that. I, I was having art nights at my house because the worst thing in the world, I'm I, I'm the worst at art. There's no question about it. I, I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't. And so I said, th- then this is my therapist. Said, then this is perfect for you. It's so you don't have to be great. You go in not knowing you're not going to be great and you just enjoy it and let go. That sounds so fun to me. Like I, I'll invite I, you when this thing's over. I love it. I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting more comfortable sort of sharing it, but it really was like a really private. It was almost like like writing in a journal for me. Uh just my but it became that. Um and I also started taking like voice lessons. Uh singing? I sing. Yeah, I I sing. I sing my whole life. This is another one of those things like stage fright things that happened to me later in life. So it's something I do myself. I play a little guitar. I play I sing. But I have really kept it to myself. I know you're in a band. Yeah, we got a jam. We got a paint. And and the thing about these voice lessons has been really interesting. It's almost been therapeutic beyond just like getting me singing again. It's sort of he always says, you know, you're 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 not open. Like we're trying to open your voice. We're trying to get your voice back. So I have been taking these like voice lessons, and I've been painting, and a lot of this has really really helped to. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a feeling that you're wor- I'm working on something or I'm, I don't know, but it, it has helped me sort of channel a lot of that anxiety that I have. Well, um, I love I, this. I love this. Are you, is that a painting behind you that you did? Oh, this is not mine. This is a painting Bob Dylan did. Okay. I was this like, actually a gift from Roday. Let me see it. Let me see it. Is it right wait, behind you? Can I, should I bring it? To yeah. You? Bring it over. Let's see. This is a gift from, James Roday Rodriguez, correct? Let's see if I can get it. Oh shit! No, she's gonna break something. Oh my god! That look, look behind you. That almost fell. What's it? That white thing. It's fine. It's paint. That th- Bob Dylan painted that, you and he gave. It. Yeah, I can. I see it right now. Here, I want to. Yeah, there you go. I'm I see it perfectly. It. Yeah, it's a sidewalk cafe in New York. That's great. And when I bought, I bought my, this house um, years ago, not but a house I lived in years ago, and. Uh, uh, I fell in love with this painting. I saw it in London and, um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't buy it, but I had told uh, Rodea about it and then it, it arrived. Did you cry? Yeah. 
That's a nice. See, that's a, yeah, that's sweet. Good that's, gift. Good gift. Uh, I mean, so so uh, when you're on set, do you ever get anxiety with like lines and things like that, and like I have to be good, or you get you know, or, or that's something you've been doing for so long that it probably doesn't affect you. Like that's your world. It depends. I mean, it obviously depends on the scene, but um, no, I feel like I that is where I kind of I my anxiety leaves a little bit. Um, wow, it's weird. That feels like. I don't know, like comfort or something work. I mean, obviously depending on the scene or what we're getting into, but like, yeah, I, I, I love working so much um, that that just, it's, it's a, it's almost like a comfort zone. Wow. Yeah. I I think I've always with work and everything I associate it with anxiety. I have to be anxious. I have to be so disciplined. I have to be great that it's just like, it drives me crazy to the point where, I and I work so hard that that's what happens. So I really would like to um, eventually let that go more and just try to enjoy it more. Like I'm trying to enjoy, like I, I like like enjoying these podcasts, like being able to put these headphones on and just talk to someone and enjoy it and not think about oh and all these other external things that I can't control. It's always about things you can't control that give you anxiety, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you're you're this is. This is great. You're very good at this. Are you saying I should quit acting? (laughs) No. (laughs) You're a great actor as well. What are you you saying? You've worked forever. Well, I don't know about that. All right. This is called Shit Talking with Maggie Lawson. Uh, This is from my patrons. You can join Patreon at patreon.com slash inside. It's a wonderful family. Leanne wants to ask you, this is, how did you begin your work in animal advocacy? How did I begin it? Um, I met Jude. Well, my gosh, it goes back to when I was 16. Um, I volunteered at the Humane Society, even as a kid, but, uh, I met Jude, my partner in my foundation in 2014. We both shared this dream of having a sort of animal, I guess, a rescue, but more animal healing, uh, animal therapy. And we had so many things anyway, and we, we just did it. We just started doing it. I mean, there's a lot more to that story of how it sort of came to be what it is now, but, um, yeah. That's you could find began. that on Margaret's blog on Wednesdays. No, it's not true. Jason B, was Psych really as fun to shoot as it seems from the outtakes and behind the scenes stories? Really? And more. It was that fun and more. It was the best, the, the greatest experience. We had so much fun on and off screen. We partied, we played, we love each other. It's is good. We're not overstating how wonderful of an experience it is. If anything, wow. we couldn't possibly put into words how wonderful. I could never say that about anything I've done. Although I've loved everything and it's been amazing. What you just said is like an anomaly to just absolutely, oh my God, it's like we're all like loving. I mean, that's seldom. That's seldom. Jane O, what was the most useful thing you learned while working on Psych? Oh gosh. Ah, uh, oh my gosh. Useful thing. Probably... Um, for what I do, uh, it would be, uh, learning lines quickly or, um, that's a really tough question. I learned to run on heels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say it's sort of thinking on the fly. Rodé was always improving. Uh, there was always like line changes that were happening quickly. So I think it just kept us, uh, on our toes and, yeah, I'm I I can I can memorize and and absorb faster because of it. 
Wow. That's not the greatest. Uh, actually, that is because that's so many useful things. But that's yeah. pretty useful. The fact that, you know, that's very useful when you when you're always on your toes and things are always changing. That would drive me crazy that things are changing so much. I like to improvise and things, but uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. And when you're on a set like that, it seems like it warrants that whole that whole feel like it just makes sense. It just is a fun. Let's try this. Let's try that. But uh, Lisa H., what was it like acting with Jason Priestley on True Calling? <laughs> Your episode was definitely a little different than others. Such a great concept for a show. It was actually a really great concept for a show. I love Jason Priestley. I haven't seen him in so long. Oh, man. I have known him from, yeah, it was like True Calling. Then I run into him places. Then he did Psych. Um, and we still like through social media have like supported each other or whatever, but I loved it. It was a, it was, I didn't do, I feel like that was one of the only dramas like I had done at that point in my career. There were, weren't that many. And he was so great. So, 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 so great. I, I just love him. He was a hoot. We got, we got along great. Josh A, what was your experience working with Ashton Kutcher on Two and a Half Men and then again on The Ranch? Awesome. Ashton was, uh, was so great. So great. Um, he is like super professional. Um, but also like he was so fun and so welcoming. And I felt, I don't know. I, I, there was a, there was a, there was a, that was a crew. Like that was a bit of a crew. And I, um, I felt very welcomed into it. It was really, really nice. Bob K. What superhero role would you enjoy taking on? Super, superwoman. Superwoman? Supergirl. Super there should Wonder be. A, Woman. But Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Why can't there be Superwoman? I don't know why I, just, why I just went to Superwoman. Who's Superwoman? Isn't it degrading, though? Why, 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 you think in this time, it's Supergirl. Why can't it be Superwoman now? They've never had a I, Superwoman. I think that's what was happening. No, Wonder Woman. <laughs> what the hell? Um, yeah, Superwoman. Do you, does, does, is it tough? Because I've had this happen to me, and I ask. When a series like Outmatch with Jason Biggs, when it gets canceled, were you guys really disappointed? Did that bother you? Or It is a heartbreak that I, it's weird. I've had shows get canceled and it's like, ah, I can see that coming or, or uh, we were done. Um, this, I, 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 I'm still not over it. In fact, I, Jason and I were just texting yesterday. It's, it's, it was, it was such a, it had the same feeling of like the way I think psych felt in the beginning of like lightning striking and everything worked. So it was like, okay, this is the first time I've had that feeling again of like every single thing here works. I had, I love him. Do you know, Jason? I've met him a couple of times. He's really sweet. I just love him so much. I loved everybody on the show so much. And yeah, that was a, that was a, a, a news we got. I guess like last May was, yeah, that was very shocking. That was not what we expected to hear. So we, I'm, I'm, I'm still, 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 still healing from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were on Smallville. <laughs> I was <laughs> a long, long time ago. What yeah, we didn't scenes, have any scenes. No, we didn't have any scenes. What episode was it? Do you remember? No, I just remember my character, uh, I would kiss boys and, and through kissing them, suck youth, the youth out of them so that I could stay young and they would age and die. And yeah, so it was great, great, great character. You worked with Tom, right? <laughs> yeah, I worked with Tom. I 
I, I had such a good time on that. I had such a good time. I had to do this whole prosthetic thing because I had to age in the end. I, I had to age um, and die. And uh, I'm claustrophobic. That was one of my first experiences with something like that. It was it was really, really, really intense. I remember that. It was just it was so fun, though. That show was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a long show. Long. We had a long run. It was a good run. Long, good run. Maggie, this has been awesome. I really, uh, I cherish this time I had with you and I hope we keep in touch. Yes, and we will. We absolutely will. Your art parties. Yes. Art parties. And uh, I wish you the very best. And where can people find you on social? Oh, um, my Instagram, um, that I'm trying to get better at using, uh, Mags Laws Lawson. And my Twitter is my name. All right. Maggie Lawson. That's it. That's all I have. Is that what I, that's, yeah. yeah. Follow her. She's incredible. I know you've probably seen psych. If you haven't even seen the show, plus she's done tons of other shit. Pleasantville, Smallville. <laughs> um, this has been great. Thank you again. I love you. And um, I'll talk you. to you soon. This is, this okay. has honestly been great. Great. Thank you. All right. I'm glad. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Bye. I really enjoyed that episode. I, I, I enjoy the episodes cause I don't listen to them. Um, I could do whatever I want with him. You can do whatever what you want with him. Is what you're telling me. Right. But then, you know, on the days that we're recording, I listen to some stuff. And um, again, like I said in the beginning, she's just a likable person. And she really opened up. So if you guys really like the podcast, I, I encourage you to subscribe. Again, you can go to YouTube and uh, go type in Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum and subscribe to the podcast. That would be great. And uh um, also the handles are at inside of you podcast on Instagram and, uh, Facebook at inside of you pod on the Twitter. I'm on Instagram, the Michael Rosenbaum. You can get great stuff at the inside of you merch store. Like I said, just go to the inside of you online store or the sunspin where you can get my band stuff. You can get the CD signed. We got vinyls coming, t-shirts, hats, lunch boxes, uh, a bunch of great stuff. And, uh, thank you everybody for coming to the last stage it to um watch my band i really appreciate that i love playing music for you guys and uh, i love doing this podcast so thank you cumulus thank you ryan thank you bryce it's been a real treat and my patrons those patrons who give back to the podcast they they don't even need to just subscribing is enough but they give a little more by going to patreon.com slash inside of becoming a patron and there's all sorts of tiers and behind the scenes and q a's and you get to ask me questions and the guest questions and you get merch and uh, it's a lot of fun. So thank you for that. Right now we're going to uh, get right into it and uh, we're going to shout the names out, Ryan. Let's do it. Let's shout the names out to all the top patrons. These are the top patrons that give the most and uh, they are very loved and very, um, I'm a very appreciative of them, Ryan. Let's see if Ryan remembers any of these. Nancy. D. Mary. B. Leah. F. Trisha. What? F. Sarah. S. V. V. Little Lisa. Yukiko. Jill. E. Brian. H. Lauren. G. Nico. P. Robin. S. Jerry. W. Robert B. Jason W. Apothe and Kristen K. Amelia O. Allison O. L. Lucas M. Raj C. We got Joshua D. We got Emily S. CJP. Samantha M. Jennifer N. Jackie P. Stacy L. Carly H. Carly S. Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Tab of the 272, not to be confused with. Tab of the 273. Ashley Ryan, Kimberly E, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, Dan, 99 more, Ramira, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Ray A, Maya P, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda. Carlisle. No. <laughs> N, 
Belinda N. James R. Chris H. Dave H. Samantha S. Spider Man Chase. Sheila Easton. Sheila G. I know it's G. I know it's Ray H. Tabitha T. Tom and Suzanne B. Liliana A. Michelle K. Marcus W. Hannah B. Michael S. Talia M. Andrew T. Betsy D. Claire M. Liz J. Laura L. Chad L. Rochelle or Rachel. Nathan E. And here's the last, last of them. Taylor K, Marion, Meg K, Janelle P, Trav L, Dan L, Diane R, Ojeda, Lorraine G, Corey M, Veronica K, Stevie, Big Stevie W, Kendall T, Carol D, Sandy M, Angel M, Eric C, Rhiannon C, Stephen M, Corey K, Super Sam, Emily C, Sherry S, Coleman G, David C, Michelle A, Matt W, Liz L, Jeremy C, Andy T, and Chris E. Those are the wonderful, lovely patrons. Um, thank you for... Um, being my top tier patrons. Um, thank you for listening to the show today. Uh, we've got great shows coming up. We really sincerely do a um, lot in the can and uh, a lot of really good information. A lot of um, people opening up about their darkest stuff. And uh, you know, I like that. So uh, thank you, uh, Bryce Ryan. Yeah. For myself, Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. 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 Myself, Ryan Taylor over here in the Hollywood California. We'll wave to the camera up there. Right up there. How are you? And uh, you guys, thank you so much. Just please be good to yourselves. Learn to appreciate yourselves, like yourselves, and be good to others. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you. So, all right. I really appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe. Damn it. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.